ladies and gentlemen, life coach with manifestation abilities calls me out for being too attached to a desired outcome. Casey Edwards a winner. I'm a loser on Open Loops. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Okay, let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Open Loops Conversations That Bend. This is a theme park for the intellect and imagination. It's where those two meet up, share a funnel cake, ride the cyclone, and end up smooching in the tunnel of love. I'm your curator of experience, chief looper, host, Greg Bornstein, and hey, this is the show. We talk about it all, mind-blowing insights, secrets, alt psychology, conspiracy, hypnosis, magic, art, the supernatural, who and what we really are. If you enjoy the show, please do subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Please, if you can, rate, leave a review. It always helps. Today, we have Casey Edward. She is a life coach that I love as a human being. She's been so great to me. She's been multi, uh, multi-successful. Huh? I, I will say she's been successful multiple times talking to me to change my life. And I really mean that. In this episode, she changed my perspective. And it was helpful. I've talked to her in other conversations off the air as a friend, as a colleague, as a fellow podcaster. And she's also influenced me. She's an amazing human being that really embodies everything she's talking about. And, uh, you know, so even some of the stuff we did this interview a while ago, uh, which is currently why the audio, again, isn't great quality. Womp, womp, womp. But also some of the stuff um, that she's doing now. I mean, she has a new course about manifestation. I'll talk about it at the end. Um, and I've definitely linked to it in the notes of the show that you should definitely check out. I know she's focusing a lot more on bigger picture stuff with regards to manifesting your dream lifestyle, uh, even apart from the stuff she was doing with uh, resolving binge eating and some of that work. So uh, very excited that she's taking on even more. She's clearly a practitioner of the law of attraction. And yes, yeah, she, uh, she, she got me good in this episode. There was a moment where, ah, oh, wow, she manifested my shame. Let's see what happens. Here she is, the wonderful, heart-filled, and amazing host of I Can't Wait to Tell You, wonderful podcast. So lucky to have her, Casey Edward. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Casey Edward here. 
the certified life coach, registered yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and a fellow podcast host. You can check out her podcast, I Can't Wait to Tell You, with Casey Edward. Casey, thank you so much for being on Open Loops. Appreciate it. Greg, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Yes, yes. You know, I am so interested in all you're up to. Uh, I, I just interviewed someone yesterday, actually, about uh, her work. And I mean, look, this is a woman that is doing yoga, but she calls herself a soul coach. She's working with people. And it got as weird as talking about communion with animals. So... That's where I'm hoping to go with you. Um, I am hoping to go as weird as possible. And now that I'm going down your list of shows, I definitely love doing this because your podcast has everything from talking about PMS and cramps to talking about uh, angels and spirit guides. So I'm going to start with a broad question for you. Does, how do all these things let me see, your belief system around all these things. Mm-hmm. Are you currently a believer in all supernatural, paranormal, and new agey kind of things? Or do you have a sort of belief system and the people you chat with and engage with, are they opening you up to new possibilities? Where are you at in that spectrum of belief someone in this world right now? Oh, such a good question. Okay. So kind of all of the above. I think that I really like that you said new age because I think that the paranormal and the supernatural are becoming more normal. So, I mean, even meditation, if you look back, you know, years and years ago, people thought it was so hippy dippy and super out there. And now people are starting to be like, wait a second, I can most highly function in terms of my brain if I'm meditating every day. And this can actually affect my physiology, right? It can affect my cells. It does affect my cells. And so I think that this woo-woo, as people call some of right, the things, right. about, <laughs> things are becoming, you know, more mainstream because a lot of it, quite frankly, comes down to science, you know? So I know that angels and things like that, there's no scientific proof yet <laughs> behind, but, right. you know... Yes, but quantum physics, I mean, is the basis of manifestation. And I know manifestation has become kind of a buzzword recently, but for a long time, you know, people thought, okay, I have to work a nine to five, I have to take physical effort. And then they started to realize that, wait, if I change my mindset, if I change my beliefs, then that actually affects the outer world. So, I'm kind of in the middle where I do appreciate science. When I've started to learn about meditation and manifestation, it took me a long time to get to the place where I was open to even hearing people talk about spirit guides and Mm. intuition and things like that. Um, But it kind of was just a natural path because as I started to be the witness of my mind, I started to make decisions from a different place, which is this knowing that we all have within us, this intuition. You know, I base 99% of my decisions now on this thing that is seemingly esoteric or isn't very tangible, as tangible as the mind, right? But quite frankly, (laughs) what we believe is what we will perceive and is what we will be living. So I think that 
everyone's going to have different belief systems. Everyone's going to have different thoughts and whatever makes you feel good should be what you're focusing on. <laughs> Very interesting answer. Yeah. I sort of want to dive into that because, uh, well, well explain to me a little bit more about the decision making process that you now experience. Like mm -hmm. I, I wanted you to unpack that because that sort of, uh, it sparked a lot of questions for me. I, when you say that this decision making is coming from another place, what does that mean exactly? So if we think about the, the mind, for example, so most people are analyzing and utilizing their mind to make decisions, which, which is totally fine, right? But mm. realistically, the mind is really helpful in logistics and analyzing things in meetings and being on and in these beta, the higher brainwave states for things like yeah. an important meeting. But that being said, our mind is limited to what we know or have learned or have taught ourselves. So if we're making decisions only from that small place, how are we going to change our lives in these huge ways? And so the first time I ever experienced my intuition was I had been meditating for about a year or two. And I remember I was a nanny at the time and I was eating lunch, standing at their kitchen and into my head just came this, this thought of, do yoga teacher training. And it was one of those moments where at this point, seriously, I was like a, a normal person. I didn't know about intuition or any of these things. Yeah. And I kind of looked up like, what? <laughs> Were you doing any that? yoga at the time? Like, did, was it completely left field? Like, how did that Very even... random. Yeah. Uh, I was a runner at the time and I saw yoga as like, yeah, I'll stretch here and there. But no, not to any extent where I would think that yoga teaching was my next step in my life. Right. So I started to research and then I found one and it felt really good. And they also had an option to do a simultaneous life coaching certification. And... I knew that it was for me because I was willing to take out a credit card and max it out to do this. Like it, there had been nothing in my life where it had been such like a random and big decision. And so yeah, right. from there, I started to really lean into going by how something feels. And it's kind of like a muscle, your intuition. So the more you flex it, the more you trust it, the more you use it, the stronger it's going to be. So, you know, that's a really big life decision. But even with the nail salon I would go to, you know, I would feel called to go to one, but on Yelp, it would have better reviews for another one. So my mind would analyze and say, well, no, this one has better reviews and it's $3 less. But meanwhile, I'm feeling called to go to this other one. So I let my mind win. I go there, my nail chips the next day and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and we've all experienced that. I think that most of us have experienced it predominantly with people. We have all dated or liked someone that we didn't actually feel was right, but we were like, ooh, but this is fun, right? This is, this is yeah. like this weird, lusty thing that I want to be a part of. But meanwhile, our intuition is like, get out of Dodge. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. So, what do you think? I mean, Casey, look, I can tell five minutes. I can, I, I tell my friends this all the time when I go on an online date. And I meet a woman. I have now attuned myself. Like, it feels like I can pick up five minutes in if this mm -hmm. person's not going to be a life partner for me. Mm -hmm. Now, my thought with that is, well, Greg, are you just are you just filtering people too harshly at the top? Um, and but my response is, 
well, if I wasn't, I could end up being in long-term relationships that would be horrible. So in my position, look, I do kind of feel that I have a little bit of, I, I mean, I, I come from a performing arts background. I'm an actor. So I guess I have like an empathy that is developed mm. and uh, honed for craft. But um, I don't, I mean, how can I, as someone that isn't sure I should trust my intuition, learn to and as I'm telling you this you think I should (laughs) (laughs) that is so good I think that we've we've all experienced that where you're kind of like wow are we gonna do this whole dinner thing even though I know that I'm not into you at all yes yes totally (laughs) totally um well you know I think the best way to do it is the more you do use it and start to trust it, the better your outcomes get. That's why I kept going with it. Like something inside of me knows far better than, than my mind, like I said, and it's leading me on this path of like a bigger picture. So, you know, it's just trusting it and seeing what happens. Like if you're skeptical, then the next time you're making a decision, just start to feel into it. That's the only way I can describe it. Feel Mm. what would feel good next. What feels right? Does it feel right to go on another date with this person? Does it feel good? Would it be fun? Like that is the new barometer instead of, you know, I have friends who are dating and they're taking all of these things into account. And I'm like, but how do you feel? I don't care how tall he is and how wonderful he is on paper. Do you like him? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with those friends? Do you, I mean, look, I have this in my life too. I definitely have friends that I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you still trying to pursue this person? Or why, why are you trying to build this relationship? I mean, as someone like you that is working with people professionally, Yes, I do think you have to keep that barrier between friendship and coaching. I know it's it can be so hard. You have a show about <laughs> wanting to talk and tell you about things. So I'm sure that's difficult for you. But is there, uh, yes, how do I say this in a kind way? Is there a way that you figured out to politely nudge people in the right direction? Or do you, um, are you okay with, letting your friends take that time to discover for themselves their intuition is actually smarter than the words they're saying. Mm, That was a kind way to put it. That was well done. (laughs) (laughs) That's the closest I could do. (laughs) Uh, That's a great question. I think that's a little bit of both. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, well, first and foremost, if, if anyone is listening and looking for dating advice that, you know, you have to really, dating comes down to how you feel about yourself first. And I know that's cliche, but mm. these people who are trying to make things work have, this is the only way I can describe this, Greg, thirsty energy. You are thirsty and the other person can feel it. The relationship <laughs> can feel it. You are putting out this energy of like, I need this to work. I want to be with this person, but why? And it always comes down to you are like, you have got to be okay with yourself. If you want a partner that's going to take you on a hike and go to the movies with you and laugh, are you doing those things on your own? Are you showing yeah. up for yourself? Are you in love with yourself first? So, you know, it's always, I start off with self-love and reminding people. And then, you know, if they keep coming to me and it's the same thing, then I'll eventually be like, listen, what are we going to do about this? Like, are, are, why it's not working and he's not giving you what you want. And so when that's happening, you're just telling the universe, yeah, it's fine. I'm cool with this guy only texting me twice a week. 
but you're not. Mm. But why are you settling for that? That's just what you're going to keep attracting then if you're not going to switch it up. So I think also though, <laughs> that's the beauty of having social media and a podcast. If there's, if there's a few people in my life who like, I don't want to say it to them directly. I'll just make an Instagram story about it. Uh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I totally do that. I so, totally do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I wonder, was it a, as a coach, was that a learning curve for you? Like, did you have to go through like, Okay, well, let me tell you what's actually going on there. Like, do not your life coach stuff on me, Casey. I will not do, don't you dare go into that weird manifestation <laughs> talk with me. Like, did that happen for you? In the beginning, a little bit, especially in, I was in a different relationship than I am now. And she would kind of be like, don't coach me. And um, I learned I, that you, so with coaching, it's very different. If I have a client who's paying me money, I'm going to tell you straight up how it is. That's why you're paying me. But with a friend, yeah, like you said, there's a different, there's a different bridge. So you have to meet people where they're at. So if some, so sometimes my friends aren't in the place for me to be like, well, you're a badass and you have to start manifesting a different experience. Sometimes I just have to say, listen, it's okay. It's going to be fine. No matter what, you know, you have to kind of just see where someone's at and then, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Eventually, if, if the same cycle keeps repeating, I say, listen, I love you, but I'm not talking about this anymore. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. Also have that boundary for yourself, but also for them. I'm not listening to you talk about this guy who treats you poorly anymore. Why would I? Why are you? So yeah. Yeah, kind of meeting people where they're at, but also eventually if it keeps going on being like, I love you, but uh-uh. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, yeah so you are doing, I mean, you're doing very interesting work. What would you say that, uh, and I know right now you have a specific focus. I mean, if we were to go to your website, which is a binge-free life, mm -hmm. uh, which is you helping people that were former binge eaters, uh, you're, are you mostly working with women? Or do you take yes. on any male client? Okay, okay. Um, so it's mostly women that you're oriented towards. I mean, for you... Um, Oh my gosh. Were you focused on a broader topic before? How did you get to this place? I was. So originally I was just a life coach, which A is confusing for anyone. <laughs> like, uh, uh, yes. Right. Like, okay, what is a life coach? So it ended up being, I was working with a lot of clients on their mindset. So it became kind of more of a mindset and helping people, you know, shift their paradigms and their beliefs like we've been talking about because everything realistically stems from the mind. But then I realized that in terms of alignment, like me aligning with my vision and the best version of me and my goals as a woman, and I know men deal with this too, but I knew that as a woman, what was taking me out of that alignment the most, hands down, was my relationship to food and my body. And mm. I know that we all experience that sometimes, but there I was, you know, teaching about being high vibe and being good energy and meditating and allowing things to come up. But there I was, you know, picking apart my body and looking at my stomach in the mirror and restricting food or then, you know, overeating. And I was like, oh my God, like all of this energy is going to this thing, this insidious part of me and I have to take care of it. So that's why I ended up switching to helping people who, yeah, were in the same shoes that I was for quite, you know, quite a long time, 15 years probably. So, wow. You were binge, yeah. binge eating for 15 years. Different. So sorry. Binge, what were you doing for 15 years? You were doing yeah. life coaching for 15 years and then no, yeah, them. no, bin, you know, binge eating, but also it was, I was all over the spectrum, you know, severe restriction over exercising, then the binge eating uh, because it was just like this yo-yo. So, and I thought, you know, 
I know that a lot of people are going through this, especially with food and body image. So yeah, that's kind of why I transitioned. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. What would you say, I mean, if you were to, as, okay, so here's a great example. As a hypnotist, there's someone that Mm -hmm. I've I've studied hypnosis a lot and uh, done it a little bit. I mean, never really transitioned into being like a full-time hypnotherapist, though it's something I'm thinking about constantly. Um, One of the primary issues that, that, and I I mentioned this in another podcast, it's a great example of the way uh, obesity manifests in the subconscious mind. The example being parents are arguing, five-year-old sitting at the table, um, the parents are arguing and fighting, there's a cupcake on the table, the kid eats the cupcake, and that moment associates sweets with feeling safe emotionally, and then continues to eat that the rest of their life. How often in your experience does it go back to issues like that? And if not, what are the most common things that are causing usually eating issues like this? That is such a great question. You actually nailed it because in the sessions that I do, the first session is why. So we get them into their body and the feeling that they experience when they're binge eating. And 10 out of 10 times, it started when they were younger for myself as well. And it, I have never had it not involve at least one parent. So often the child, or in my case, I was 12, so I was a little bit older, but they lose trust in a parent, something happens, or they're made a hyper aware of their body at 12. So for me, my one of my parents was just looking out for me, but was like, oh, you know, I went to eat a snack and my parent was like, oh, you know, it's off season for soccer. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't snack as much. Like I noticed that, you know, you've been snacking a little more and, you know, we want to keep that soccer body. And it was not meant in any way, but as a 12 year old, I took that as unless you're working out, you can't have snacks. And unless you look like you're in shape for soccer, you are unworthy. That is the belief system that I made. So yeah, you nailed it. I mean, we as children make these beliefs that become our way of living and it's wild. So I think that if you are thinking about getting into hypnotherapy, totally do it. That is, that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm curious then about, do you, uh, my last guest that was very much focused on a body-centered yoga uh, perspective said that no matter what, body's going to come into it at some point. Usually it's something there that gets unpacked. What would you say in terms of your work rooting out and changing a belief system? Actually, I think you did a video on affirmation, so I'm sure that plays mm-hmm. into it. What, what would you say is the primary way that you go in to working with someone's belief systems and actually creating a shift? Yeah, that's a really good question. So once you figure out the why, you have to, as an adult, go back and almost intercede or intercept what was going on from this perspective. So, you know, for me, I had to go back and pretty much put myself back into that moment of 12-year-old me making that belief. And as an adult, watching this unfold and then stepping in and saying, no, (laughs) you are beautiful. You are worthy. You are worthy of food. You can eat whenever you want. And also just noticing like, it's really as simple for the brain because the brain thinks right at this point that that is useful to me. It is keeping me safe from harm or fear or being fat or whatever. It's keeping me safe. So I have to go back and say, is this belief serving me anymore? No. 
I don't need Mm. it. I don't need it anymore. And then stepping in and, you know, some people like to journal to that 12 year old, five year old, whatever version of themselves. I'm not a big journaler. I wish I was. I don't love writing. It just, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I went back and I envisioned myself stepping in and saying, you know, this is not true. So I would say, A, kind of going back. And B, if you can't get to the root, then I would say just starting to recognize your thoughts and starting to question them. So, you know, for example, if you hear your thought say, I am fat, saying, is that true? Like, call your mind, call your ego out. Is that true? Mm -hmm. And then being like, no, (laughs) it doesn't have to be. Maybe someone thinks I'm fat, but I don't. So just starting to question things, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's a great first step. I mean, they always talk about what, right, awareness being the first step to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think people realize how powerful awareness actually is for changing things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's calling into consciousness something that wasn't there before. Doesn't mean it's changed. It's just you are looking at it. It's the ability to even look at something from a higher perspective is transformative key a lot of the time. Do you find that's true in your work? Absolutely. And I mean, even, you know, I've been meditating now very consistently for, you know, seven or eight years, and this is the work I do, but still, I mean, this is the example I use for awareness. That's really easy is, you know, if you're driving to work, are you driving to work? Are you seeing your surroundings? Are you hearing the music? Are you feeling your air conditioning in your car? Are you the awareness of what's going on? Are you present? Or are you thinking about what you're going to do when you get to work? What workout you're going to do? How you're still tired? How you need another coffee? What are you going to do for lunch? Like your mind is taking you over pretty much. So when you start to realize, whoa, I'm not my mind, like you said, that awareness in itself is going to open up a whole new world because then you realize, okay, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my mind. Wait, that means I get to choose my thoughts, choose how I feel, choose how I act, choose essentially what reality I'm creating. That is huge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, and the other thing I wanted to comment on that I found particularly interesting about your story with regards to binge eating is that you were able to, as an adult, and you know, this is, could be for a number of reasons, uh, look at the event, do that work that, that, I mean, in hypnosis, it's, well, we, it's a process that we call regression, the ability to like step back and embody the little girl. And then as an adult, uh, give yourself that sort of guiding light that, that, spirit guide of this is who you are now as Casey looking back and realizing what was happening back then. A lot of people, uh, they often need some sort of process or hypnosis or ritual to actually cement a change like that. Because Mm -hmm. even though, you know, I mean, I, I guess I'm curious what the difference is between someone who's like, yeah, I get it. My parents did it because they loved me and whatever. They still go on to binge eat versus someone that's able to, I mean, you were really doing a, I would argue that you were doing a form of self-hypnosis. You were taking yourself through a trance process, maybe in a waking state to transform your belief system. How do you get someone to do that? 
Mm, well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I have yet to have someone where I have, you know, you know, obviously like a calm down, calm them down. And I ask them to elicit the feeling that they feel when they're going to binge eat or they have binge eat. And I have yet to have someone who cannot drop into that moment because it's, mm. it's this strong feeling we have, like for anyone who does binge eat or overeats or emotional eats, it's just like this horrible, uh, and then, you know, a lot of us are filling up that hole with food or, you know, we were avoiding it for whatever reason. But, you know, from there though, because I've also had rapid transformational therapy, which is very similar to, it's essentially hypnosis um, Hmm. for this also. And what I tell people is just going forward, like after our sessions, you know, the thoughts will still come because we have gotten to the bottom of this. And yes, we have gotten to a different part of your brain, but there will still be thoughts floating around once in a while where you go to eat chocolate and it's like, uh-uh, honey, you can't have chocolate. Right, <laughs> and right. that's where the awareness piece comes in. Okay, you know, like I, I see that and I hear that, but I'm not choosing that. And it's kind of with anything, you know, it's, it's like that in all forms of our life where, you know, some days say you just got into a gym routine and three days in, you're like, I don't want to go. That's just a thought. And that's not the truth. So it's, again, coming back to that awareness and knowing who you are now. I am no longer someone who restricts myself from eating when I'm hungry. You know, I'm no longer someone who then binge eats Ben and Jerry's. So what would I do in this situation? I'd eat the chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Having right. that little bit of self-talk and, you know, it might sound, the mind might be like, that's so much work, but it's way better than where I was ending up anyway. So it's just a little bit of practice, like with anything. Yeah. Well, let's do this. I I want to I want to go more into the uh, the weirdness aspect of mm. things. So I can't mm. wait to tell you you're doing all mm. this weird stuff. I mean, how weird does it get with you? Do you lucid dream? Do you uh, astral project? Like, let's talk about how strange <laughs> uh, some of the experiences that you've had go. It's funny you ask about lucid dreaming. I do not lucid dream because I like sleep way too much. And when I tried that, it was like, wake up at 3 a.m. and have a dream journal and write it down. And I'm like, you know, that might be for some people. But again, like I said, if it's like that stuff, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm a little tired the nights where I try to lucid dream. And that's obviously not my route. So I would say now, I mean, (laughs) like, I, you know, I pull tarot cards and I pull angel cards and mm, do meditations where I drop into my higher self. And I mean, so it's, it's so funny. It's, it's, there's so many different weird things that now for me aren't weird, but I mean, I would say that the first thing that I started doing that was, you know, weird was creating my reality using my mind rather than using action. So manifesting. Oh, please. Ex- wait a minute. For in your mind versus act. See, see, now this is something I don't understand. And I really would love okay. you to break this down because the criticism, every, oh gosh, it's used to be you would like criticize the secret for getting the law of attraction wrong. And now I'm criticizing everybody that criticizes the secret because everyone says the same thing. They all go, yeah, you know what the secret's missing? It's missing action. But now you're in a way saying something to me, and and I totally agree. I think the law of attraction, I, at least in my life, like me, it doesn't make sense to sit around all day, yeah. create something in your mind to be like, I'm gonna have 
uh, my dream job and just keep like sending prayers out into the universe without taking any steps forward. So obviously, yes, there has to be some component of doing, I believe, but in a way it sounds like you're returning to the magic that was the secret by, <laughs> by rejecting action or what do you mean by that specifically? Okay, so I will preface this touching upon that. We are human beings and we are built to expand. We are these, we came into this world as a soul in a physical body that is to expand the universe. We innately will always be taking action in some form, but what we don't realize is, you know, we are breathing, that is taking action. Our heart is beating, we are taking action, like all of these different things. And so the mind tries to hijack our days by filling itself up with quote unquote productivity. So mm. all, all of this stuff that we, we think we should be doing or that we want to be doing, but, but let, me, let me put it this way. All right, let me ask you this. Can I spin it to you for a second, Greg, with a question? Yeah, please. Okay. In your ideal life, how do you feel every day? Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's very tricky. That's very tricky. I, you know what? I, the, the immediate thought was, um, oh man, so the thing that I love and the reason I'm doing this show is that I enjoy the, I enjoy being mentally stimulated. Mm. I enjoy the, like, the triggering of the mind, we call it mind effing, um, <laughs> just having your mind blown up a little bit. Uh, if someone's like, dude, you're going to go see this movie and it's going to trip your brain up. <laughs> That is what I crave. It's what I search. It's why I read. It's why I like talking to people. And it's why I like creating uh, interesting conversations. I think it's like the high of mental expansion is what my ideal life is shaped around. Mm, I love that. Okay. Now, in terms of tangible feelings, will you give me a few tangible feelings as to how your life would feel on the day to day. So for example, I'll give you one. Fun is my biggest one. So what are some yeah. other feelings you would like? It has to be, has to be fun. It has yep. to be bright. It has to be um, easy. It has mm -hmm. to be easy. Mm -hmm. um, and ooh, 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 what does it feel like? I mean, it just feels, uh, it, how would you describe the feeling of clicking? like things clicking, mm. like, like it just feels like very tapped in line. I know that's, that's a little broader, but yeah, it just feels like, whoo, this is correct. This is great, wonderful, warm, glowing, like moving. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of imagery here, manifesting uh, a lot of imagery. Yes, I love that. Yes, fluid, flowy easy, fun, you know, mentally engaging for you, stimulating all of these different things. And it's funny because, you know, when I asked you that, and whenever I ask people that they have to stop and think, but if I were to say, okay, what do you have to do to get to your goals? They could list 3000 things off the top of their head. Oh, well, this is what I'm working on now. And this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. My schedule is tomorrow is a little packed. I have a nine to five, but after that, I'm going to do an interview and then I'm going to work yeah. on my business. They could ramble on and on and on. So the whole point of this being said is that the doing will come, but I mean, the health statistics show that most people are doing in a state of fight or flight, in a state of stress, maybe they're overweight, like we talked about. And 
They're doing, doing, doing with no intention. So doing will happen, but would you be doing all the things, all of the things if it was causing you stress in this Mm. ideal version of your life? No. So why are we settling for that? So I just wanted to preface with that because, all right. So that makes sense. Yeah. With you so far. I'm with you. You don't worry. <laughs> okay. I've got it. <laughs> because the mind, again, the mind will be like, no, 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 no. I have to do because that's the mind's doing. If the mind didn't have a job, then it would be out of the picture and it doesn't want that. So totally. what it comes down to is, okay, if we were to talk about how manifestation works in the quantum field, which if I was going to describe this in the easiest, most succinct way. The quantum field is everything that has not manifested into our particle physical reality. Totally. Probabilities. Yes. So how this happens is the moment that someone imagines something, they think of this potential, a wave of energy, it's called the collapse of the wave function, becomes a particle in our physical reality. So the moment that I think, wow, I could go for a black Range Rover (laughs) or I could be the first person to, I don't know, make cars fly, right? So whatever it is, the moment I think that is now a potential in our physical reality, the way that this becomes our life is by matching it. So yes, law of attraction. So when you go into your meditation, you go into it saying, I am the version of me that makes cars fly or what have you. So you go into this vibrational Mm. place where you are that person. Maybe you picture it. Maybe you feel into it. So you're starting to imagine. This is the other thing that our mind is built for, and we don't use it to our advantage. We imagine worst case scenario, what this person's going to think of me. What if they say this at my office? What if I get fired? What if blah, blah, blah. It's always worst case scenario. But what if we were imagining? When we do that, so we use our mind to imagine best case scenario, it can be with anything, a job, money, a person. We come out of that meditation as that person. We will then, of course, take inspired action towards our goal, which Mm. our mind might never have been able to come up with. So again, it comes back to if it feels good, that's because you're on the right track. If it feels resistant or bad, then it's not time to do it yet. Right. And you know, the mind might, this is like a, a, an aside, but you know, if it's something scary, again, the mind might try to hold you back. But when you come out of meditation, there's no resistance. Or when you wake up in the morning, the next day, you'll have an idea out of nowhere, or you'll get an inkling to go to the store and you'll bump into this person who's an artist and he, you get to talking and he wants to draw the car that can fly. (laughs) Like it will just start to happen. But we think of action only as work, but you know, action can be like, I just gave an example of you get this inkling to go to the store that you don't normally go to. It's a different whole foods. You go there. That's an action. And there you meet your life partner, right? Or there wow. something happens. So the inspired action will come, but you have to get to the place of who do I want to be first or else you're just going to be on autopilot. That was a long answer. <laughs> no, no, that's a great answer. Well, I, I'm wondering, did this, uh, that's amazing that you've, did, you said you're now at that place. When did you, what came first? You manifesting that, then doing it? Did you just start to notice it and you realize, oh, now my identity is such that I am a person that changed these things. Like what was your process for getting there? 
That's such a good question. I mean, it's a process every day, kind of, because if we always want to be evolving. So, you know, it's little things like, you know, I had to start changing my mind in the morning. When I was waking up, my first thought was I'm tired or, you know, I'm going to need a coffee or whatever it might've been. And instead now it's as little as change as, wow, this bed is comfortable. (laughs) That little change in my energy then leads to, oh my God, I woke up this morning. And again, it sounds cliche. That leads to, I am so grateful for the people in my life. I am so grateful for the money in my bank account. So I think that just starting to imagine like, you know, honestly, the pl- what got me to this place is I was sick of my own shit. <laughs> like, mm, I was, right. was me? I don't have enough money. I don't know if things are going to work out. Like, is my partner going to buy me flowers? It's been six months. Like, eventually I was like, am I kidding? Right, right, right. So like, this was really like you hit a threshold. Was there a was there a defining moment or was it just a series of things? I think it was kind of a series of things. And then as I learned that my mind is creating my reality, that my thoughts matter and that I am attracting. So like realistically, any if you're not sure what's going on in your subconscious or if you're not sure what you think on a daily basis, look at your life. Where is your mm. bank account at? Where is your life at? Are you doing a job that is at least, at the very minimum, your path of least resistance, where you know that's where you're supposed to be right now, even if it's not what you, what you want to do long-term? Are you with someone who serves you, who's lighting your world up? Are you making change? Are you traveling and doing all the things you want to do? If not, why? Because right now, your life is kind of like chewed gum in that <laughs> yeah. it's a manifestation of all your past thoughts and beliefs. So I started to realize that. And then I took a look at my life and I was like, oh my God, I am the reason that like I got another, another ticket, or I am the reason that like, I haven't been paying my bills and that this is happening to me again. You know, something I hear all the time is just another thing, or, you know, can't I catch a break? We all hear that all the time, or maybe we say it all the time. And it's like, well, dude, you're, you're doing it. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I, when I realized that it was me, like even now, if something happens, I'm kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. I was being a not nice person yesterday. Like my vibe was down. So it makes sense that today my, you know, my stats on my podcast aren't great or what have you. So yeah, once I realized that I'm creating everything, life is happening by me, not to me. That's when I was like, okay, I got to turn this around. Now, wait a minute. Would you say that you're in a place where everything is, I mean, here's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that synchronicity is going to be like short-lived phase. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read David Hawkins' work at all uh, mm-hmm. about power versus force, and he, he's got a whole thing about sending the different levels of consciousness uh, all the way up to enlightenment. Very interesting stuff. Um, and he kind of talks about how at a certain level, when you, when you, sort of what you were talking about, uh, high vibing, when you, when you get to a place where you're vibing at a higher level, you start noticing synchronicities more. Mm-hmm. You start coming in the person that's gonna really, uh, maybe someone's gonna be like, you know, I love your podcast, I'm gonna help market it. And then they're like, oh, well, that just came out of nowhere. Um, stuff like that, these, these moments, is that, do you think you are operating there constantly and if so is it gonna end but get you to a higher place uh oh hopefully i hope it, i hope it's just higher than even that like what is the synchronicity phase are you in it what's coming next for casey edward 
Uh, definitely in the synchronicity phase. I mean, even so I had a relationship end three months ago, we were together four years, we traveled the country, we moved to a different state, all the things. And my intuition for a while was saying, yo, <laughs> it might yeah. be time, it might be time. And so, you know, we broke up and I allowed myself to feel all the emotions. And then out of nowhere is the guy that I'm seeing now. And he is to a T like, everything that I would want, but more so like this feeling of, wow, this is so right. And then, you know, and then a new apartment comes into the mix. And then, like you said, yeah, everything starts to happen. But it's interesting because, so we, when we come into this world or like if we were operating from who we truly are, we are pure positive energy. That is Mm. just quite, that is the truth. We are pure positive energy, our inner being, our soul, whatever you want to call it, that extension of God, source, the universe that is in us is pure positive energy. The only thing keeping us at the lower parts of this hierarchy, you know, you're going up towards enlightenment where there's love and positivity and gratitude and abundance. The only thing weighing us down is things we've learned or is things in the, or are things in the mind. So what I have found is, <laughs> it, to, to put it bluntly, the question that you asked came from a fear of the ego. And I don't really mm. think about uh, that. Oh anymore. no, she called me out. <laughs> Darn it. Man. I know. I was pretending to be all in light of this entire interview, and you just called me out. <laughs> this horrifying moment for myself. Uh, okay, fine. Keep going. Keep going. So it's funny because actually, the, I mean, you know, if the higher that I'm getting, the less I'm thinking. So I'm not really thinking per se about, ooh, <laughs> ooh, I'm climbing and what's going to happen if I fall or what's going to happen, you know, because fair. the more that you ascend, the less you're in thought because ascension is not in thought. Thought is actually taking us further away from ascension. So yes, again, we can utilize thought in our minds, but right now as a society, as a world, we're being used by the mind. So I would say that the higher you get, the more you climb, the less you're in your mind and more in the, in the present moment. Like, what am I seeing, feeling, tasting, smelling, touching right now? What is going on? How do I feel? And like I said, this is why I prefaced it with the pure positive energy, energy thing. Then you by default, as you de-layer, come back to the top of the feeling hierarchy. <laughs> does that answer your question? <laughs> it does, but it also makes me feel terrible about myself. Now look, because <laughs> this is, <laughs> uh, am, I, am I broken, Casey? Am I broken? Um, <laughs> well, here's a, okay. Uh, in, in all seriousness, here's an interesting question that I have. You, some mm-hmm. of the work, the early episodes you do, yeah. you talk about, I mean, I'm looking at episode three about entrepreneur life, Instagram, yeah. and building your brand. Now, yeah. Here's my question for you, and as long as you're gonna call me out, let's let's flip let's flip it around a little bit. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Uh, my question is this: <laughs> Yeah, I not Instagram to me equals ego, mm. and I have a very now look. I've looked at your stuff a little bit, and I definitely think that I I I buy into where you're coming from. I think. Maybe the part that doesn't, though, is my ego coming back, so darn it. Um, but for the most part, I, I do. I do think you, you and listening to you and hearing you, it seems like you are coming from a genuine place. So give you that. But with Instagram, to me, Instagram is such a monetized 
and I'm going to even say it. I, I've said it before to people like Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook as a way of meeting girls in college. Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg owns Instagram. Facebook is the ultimate male gaze. Anybody that is a feminine, <laughs> I've always, I, I used to make the joke that like, I don't believe feminists on Instagram exist. Now they do, obviously, but mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that ultimately, how do you reconcile people using Instagram to build a brand? The fact that I find it hard to believe that social media has any soul whatsoever. Mm. Well, I would say to you that if it's not serving you and it's not making you feel good, then there's a reason for that. And then I just would say, if you're not called to it, don't do it. So if I'm not feeling called to Instagram one day or, you know, when they're, when kind of shit hit the fan last month and two months ago with everything, with COVID and Black Lives Matter and all this stuff, I did not feel called at all to speak to, to very much of it. So I took a step away. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like you can navigate it from wherever, but I have really tried to practice now recently. I only post if I feel like it was from my heart and not my mind because, you know, there's a lot of minds out there. But I mean, in terms of monetization, hey, if people are getting paid to put a picture of their smoothie online, I feel like money is abundant and infinite. If that's, <laughs> that's true. You. Good for you, girlfriend. Like, I would love to, would you, I mean, Greg, would you like to be paid to put up a picture of your smoothie? I would. I, that sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all in how you see it. You know, I think that, again, it's kind of just witnessing what it, what is the mind here? Is this how I truly feel? Or is my mind hij hijacking all of this? Like just, and again, it just comes back to ego or soul. If you don't feel called to use social media, and if you're telling, you know, these stories about it, then that's fine. But I mean, for someone who is feeling really drawn to it and is inspired by it and it feels good by it, then to each their own. I mean, you know, I like Instagram, but I'm not on TikTok. I really dislike TikTok, so I'm not on there, you know? What's like, wrong with TikTok? <laughs> there's just too much for me. But, but for some people, you know, people are making money. And I'm so happy for those people who get to make money doing these videos. And some people might be like, wow, she got paid a million dollars for that video. And again, it would, I, you know what I would say to that person? Would you not like to get paid a million dollars for that 30 seconds of hip shaking? I would. I think right. you would too. Why right. not? Right. This, this is the paradigm shift, like building each other up, being open to change, being open to abundance, being open to love. And you know, again, this is the biggest shift that needs to happen is us shifting out of the mind and it's happening currently. We're going through, you know, a big awakening. People are starting to realize this, but yeah, I just, I think that, so for me, yeah, I mean, I built my brand off of Instagram and now I get to tell people, you know, how to change their lives and how to meditate. And so for me, oh my God, that is worth it every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I totally, I mean, look, it's where the eyes are. Why wouldn't you want to put a message of positivity <laughs> where right. people are looking? Uh, sure. Honestly, I think, you know, Mark Zuckerberg should probably work with you, but um, let's Mark, manifest that. <laughs> yes, yes. You need some help. Um, also, I'd love to start an Instagram channel of people just sobbing. I think that would be interesting. Um, let's let's get the whole consciousness out there. Um, people need to, yeah, be more open about the feelings. No, you know what? Okay, so this is very interesting to me. So you definitely, uh, I mean, what, Casey, what is going on with, were you always this 
<laughs> I asked this to the person yesterday. Were you, I meeting the Casey that I would have met 10 years ago now, or would you have been a <laughs> radically less uh, instantly able to reframe things positively kind of person? <laughs> like, like you, it seems like it's you. Don't think it's a mind trick. I think it's coming mm -hmm. from the heart. I think you're able to do it. Um, what is, who, who are you really? Wow. Okay. Well, 10 years ago, I was 19. That's wild. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now I just feel like a perv. So, you know, let's move a couple years forward. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I think that I was always kind of a positive person, but also I, I was stuck in a really dark place. I mean, I had debilitating anxiety and I, and I mean that I'm an extrovert and I seem outgoing, but I was feeling like I was crumbling inside and I tried anxiety medicine and that made it worse. And then I had severe eating disorders and, you know, all of this again was me not having, like you said, the awareness. I didn't know that I could change my thoughts. I didn't know that I could in one second say, you know what? No, I'm actually going to be happy right now. And that was possible. And so I think that, yeah, I'm really positive now, but I mean, there were years of me going through my darkness. And I think that it's this fine balance, this, this interesting dance of, if you know that there's something that needs to come up and the way we know this is if we find ourselves buffering with food or with exercise or with alcohol or with TV, because we know there's something we don't want to feel, then we have got to feel those things. But that being said, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And that's like 10% of the time. And then eventually like 0.1% of the time and the other times just thinking good thoughts. And, you know, it's funny because it's almost outlandish to people how, how positive I am. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, you know, my sister the other day and I were on the phone and she was like, I couldn't get you to talk about someone if I tried. And, you know, to some people that might be annoying. <laughs> like, I want you to come down to this place with me where I'm talking to, about this person. Or I want you to quote unquote vent. That was something in my past relationship where- Right. You know, wanted a lot of venting. And I was like, okay, if you have to get things off your chest, absolutely. But I want you to know that I am going to say, okay, so how can we go? Where are we going from here? What's the solution? Cause we're not going to stay at this vibration. Why would we? Mm. So I kind of just don't have time for any of the other stuff right now. You know, none of us should, we shouldn't have time for mediocre or for people who are talking about other people or for anything that's less than what's going to change our lives. And then the planet. I mean, and then, you know, consciousness and all this thing, all this stuff. So yeah, I had a few years. I had definitely had a dark night of the soul situation. Um, I like to say that I don't know who went through a dark night, but I'm really jealous because I think I had a dark two years. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> right. But I mean, even through that though, I, it's really getting to know yourself. And for those two years, I needed me time. I didn't go out as much. I didn't see very many people. I cried a lot. And then now I'm on the other side of it. And yeah, so it's been a journey. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And on your podcast, I can't wait to tell you. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your, I, I mean, it's designed to help you understand yourself at a deeper level. Um, are you, yeah, are you, is there a specific time? Do you have a specific goal with this podcast? Like, would you, is there a point where you're going to be like, okay, now you understand yourself. Uh, are you trying to understand more about yourself through it? Like what is sort of your mindset when recording these episodes and talking to the people you're talking to? Mm, yeah. So I've kind of shared my 
literal physical journey of like moving across the country. And, you know, I've shared the intuition story and yoga teacher training. And I always share what it's like to, like we talked about kind of ascend. So if you were thinking about it, like climbing a ladder, what it's like doing that step by step. And I mean, the whole goal realistically is because is just always going to be because this takes practice. So, so many, so much practice, like presence. And if you're going to be thinking, is it going to serve you and the greater good? Those are the mm. two most fundamental things because right now I would argue that 99% of people are not present. And I would also argue that 99% of the thoughts we think on a daily basis aren't really changing our lives in a grandiose, magnificent way. They're either keeping us safe or having us do the same thing. So, I mean, 90% of the thoughts we think are the same from the day before, 90%. You're, that's, mm. that's wild. And I mean, if you're lucky, the other 10% are really fabulous and are change-inducing, but often it might be a new problem at work or it might be, you know, and I just want to remind people that your thoughts create how you feel, create your reality, create a reality for the world. And I mean, what's going on in the world now is, is a manifestation of all mankind that it, everything had to stop because everyone's just thinking, 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 doing, 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 but why, where mm. are you going? <laughs> are you going so towards true. your life? Are you going towards consciousness and helping others? And it's just slowing down and, and starting to, you know, yesterday, and I'm not saying that telling this story to, to like, be like, Oh, I'm great. But yesterday, like I saw this homeless guy and he had a sign and it said, I'm hungry. And I went and sat with him and talked with him. So I got him food, but I also sat with him and talked with him and his name was James and he's going through it right now. Like so many mm. people in the country, but I helped him at least see some positives. And again, I wasn't being like over the top, but you know, someone might not think of that action as important, but that is more important than me going to the gym. That is more important than me putting another meeting on my calendar. I'm feeling emotional. Like this human, that, so, I mean, all this to say, what, what is your intention? Like, how are you changing the world? How are you changing your life? How are you making things better? And for a lot of people, this is going to be a 180 in their lives once they realize, damn, <laughs> I'm not. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, we're all changing right. lives in, in a good way, even if you smile at the gas station clerk, but are you doing what you want to do? So again, that was a long answer. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not even sure I got the answer I wanted, which was, why are you doing your podcast? But I guess it, <laughs> if that's the kind of answer you get, you get, um, you can imagine how deep your show goes. My gosh. <laughs> so basically change your mindset talk with homeless people more and change the world for better instead of, you know, sitting around in your same old problems and thinking, what was me? You know, so many people are playing the victim and you don't have to do that. You're actually the creator. That is, that is the right. goal. You, say, back. you know what, uh, you know, uh, in the few minutes that we have left, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Um, what would you say is right now in this time when people, uh, you know, circumstantially, are about to be in trouble uh, in terms of like what they're projecting with the finances. What would you say is the best mind shift that could help people get the right footing as we go forward in the future? Abundance is my natural state is what I would tell people to start realizing. So 
especially since you said finances. I mean, I, I, I took this in a different way than some people might, but the government gave out <laughs> so much money from unemployment. And again, I, this might be controversial because some people still had to work, but this was, this was a really great example of the fact that we are abundant by nature. The universe is abundant by nature. The only thing, again, limiting us is our mind. But this was, this millions of people were making more doing nothing than they ever had in their lives. Than when they were working 40, 50, 60 hours. And now, you know, the government's like, well, we don't, we want people to go back to work. But now people have had a taste of how it could be when life is easy. We don't need to struggle to get money. We don't need to struggle to be well off or to be happy. We can just be again, the doing will come, the action will come, but there's way less to do than our minds will make us believe. So just remembering that everything is working out for me. Everything is working out for me. I'm abundant by nature. Those two statements, if you say those a few times to yourself, you'll find $5 and then you'll think, hey, <laughs> life is great. <laughs> wow. That's Casey Edward, ladies and gentlemen. She coaches women on recovering from binge eating disorder. Uh, and your podcast available on all the platforms. I can't wait to tell you where you talk about all things meditation, self-development, manifestation, quantum physics, energy. I mean, I, I definitely recommend you listening to the show. It is uh, I mean, you've got an expert here. Uh, Casey, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, I yeah, I could keep going about on these topics forever. And I say this every episode, but it's just because I'm talking to people that I feel like are willing to be able to talk about it forever. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm so glad you lived up to that hope and expectation. Um, thank you for checking my ego again. I'll sit with that for a bit. And um, <laughs> it was really, really fantastic talking with you. Thank you so much, Craig, for having me. It was so much fun and you are wonderful. So I'm so grateful. Oh, well, thank you. All right. Well, look, take care, Casey. Thanks. You too. <laughs> Bye. Did she blow your mind? That's what this is, right? It's a show about blowing minds. That's all I want this thing to be. I just created a podcast so I could meet people that would just keep opening my head up and expanding me even more. And uh, hopefully just answer some questions I have in the process. And Casey really managed to do a good job with that. Uh, she just, again, I was, by the end of the interview, I was embarrassed that my ego slipped. It was like, you know, oh, oops, oh my gosh, my is my ego sticking out? Oh, oh, oh better, better uh, put that back in. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> yes, it was an embarrassing moment. But, like, you know, I'm sure Casey has moments where the... No, no, you know what? She doesn't. She doesn't have any egoic moments anymore. She is in synchronicity. Uh, and if you check out... Look, I don't even know if a binge-free life exists anymore. I think it is purely CaseyEdward.com. Uh, Casey, that's E-Y, Edward.com. And she's got everything there. I mean, she coaches. She's got her podcast. 
blog is great and her online school with two courses it looks like right now that are really interesting uh i i know she's teaching meditation and she's also teaching like the big like let's build your life manifesting your dreams is the title of her uh course on consciously creating your reality um yeah do it she's obviously knows she knows what she's doing like she's out of nine to five life she's living this dream world uh she is she she's practicing what she preaches and she's doing it by feeling that's the wild part like i tried having a conversation with her about building a business and building you know even building this podcast i talked to her once and she was just like reg i don't have a grand secret for you i just follow what i want to do and i just keep creating is it that simple ladies and gentlemen it might be it might be i'm so grateful that uh casey came on the show her podcast is like wildly pretty successful right now. It's it's a great listen. She's got some great people uh, on it. You'll you if you want to keep blowing your mind. I mean, she's doing it. Her guests are doing it. I I just really really enjoy her. So um, again, Casey Edward, thank you for coming on Open Loops, and please do come back one day, as well as all of you can't wait to have you listen in to the next episode. Take care, everybody. I love you so much. Bye-bye.